When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, if you've had a bladder leak today, listen up. I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hello and welcome to episode 122 of Pottery. And on this episode I'll be talking to Katie Pritchard, a brilliant and funny and lovely comedian from London. Uh, but in the meantime, let me fill you in on what I've been doing in the last two weeks. I've been out in Carlow and Wicklow shooting a three-part web series with a small crew, came over from America and isolated for two weeks. And then we met up and stayed in a farmhouse and uh, shot this uh, mad, nuts, crazy um, three-part story about um, uh, to do with the pandemic in some way but it's absolutely nuts uh, and all shot on iPhones iPhones uh, on um, tripods a couple of them and then iPhones in your back pocket to record the sound on a clip mic so there was a bunch of iPhones and uh, I, the apps I think on this iPhones to um, to help them record and um, oh like I guess if you're uh, kind of want to focus and stuff I think there were apps I'm going to have to find out about that so it's something all of us could do and not just an iPhone of course with an Android as well and because I was amazed at the quality of the picture it was absolutely brilliant and we were all over um, the locations that they picked and got for us were amazing like lovely uh, shots in Glenmalure waterfall uh, down beside Blessington Lake, up at the Wicklow Gap, when the mist came in on Wicklow Gap, it was absolutely uh, mystic <laughs> and uh, gorgeous. And and the sun was out on the Blessington Lake when we shot there. It was beautiful. In and out. Look, it's uh, true what they say about Ireland. We get four seasons in one day. It, it would rain in the morning, be sunny in it for a while. It'd be overcast. It'd be cold. It'd be warm. Um, but um, definitely uh, opened my eyes to the beauty on our doorstep in Wicklow. Absolutely gorgeous. And uh, it's very remiss of me not to be going out there more. And I I intend to go out there camping in the next week. Um, So uh, also we stayed in a beautiful farmhouse in Carlo. Uh, The crew in a farmhouse and the cast, um, three of us anyway, in a cottage on the same estate. And it was lovely. It was lovely, mate. 
So I'm dying to see what that uh, looks like when it's all edited together. It'll all be done, I don't know when, in a few weeks, in a month or so. They're editing it over in America. So um, uh, I don't know how long that's going to take. Probably not as long as you might think. Because most people are now... The reason that this was shot in the first place is because lots of crew members and actors and editors and makeup people and all the people who would be working on film are out of work at the minute and that's how this was possible to do on a, on a shoestring budget. Um, because we just wanted to work. I wasn't getting paid for it myself, just expenses and... Uh, but I think we've made something really nice and um, I'll keep you uh, informed about when that is coming out or where it'll come out. In the meantime, I went for a 10k run today and I've kind of hurt my f- bottom of my foot. If anyone knows uh, plantar fasciitis, is when the sole of your foot gets really sore and I uh, had it before, earlier in the year. I uh, had it last autumn. It's terrible because you just go for a run and then you can't run for about... Ages and you got to do, have to do loads of ex- like stretchy exercises and stuff. But uh, I don't know why I came back. I think I kind of twisted my ankle the other day when I was running, and that might have uh, exacerbated the sole um, soreness. Um, uh, there you go. So everything, everybody's wearing the masks now, uh, for the most part. Not everybody, but certainly more people are doing it, and uh, and uh, hopefully that will keep the L pandemic down. Although, of course, there are the few begrudgers. Uh, Jim Carr is one of those people who keeps going on about um, masks, the wearing of masks being some kind of a government plot to control us. Nuts. I mean, it seems to be uh, there's a pandemic of people believing in all sorts of conspiracy theories. I believe uh, Madonna was uh, was, uh, put up some post about, oh, the government have a vaccine, but they won't share it and... uh, Oh, I mean, seriously, what the fuck are people thinking about? There's so many problems in the world that we can, like, that, 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 that why do you have to make up mad shit? Uh, it doesn't help that there's a president of the United States who believes in this mad shit as well. But, um, it's just nuts. I mean, there are so many problems. The one problem in the world, for example, is there's too many billionaires and trillionaires. One percent of the richest people in the world own twice as much as the lower 90% of the people in the world. That's a disgrace. That's what people should be talking about. Not fucking stupid conspiracy theories about about uh, us being controlled by our governments. Blood by, by, by wearing masks. Or by, or by... I mean, there are plenty of governments who are controlling the people, for example, in China, but not... You know, it's nothing to do with masks. They're not making up the pandemic. It feckin' exists. But what's not made up and is true, and nobody... Why aren't Jim Corr up on arms about that? Is that there are far too many outrageously rich people. Outrageously rich people. I mean, ridiculously rich people. And most people are poor in the world. That's a disgrace. I mean, why does anybody need to be a billionaire? What do you do with your money once you've got a million or two million? What else can you feckin' do? What? It's not going to make you in any way happier. And it might turn you into a dirty pervert uh, or or a power-hungry nutcase. It's people who are insecure. People like Donald Trump. Nothing will make him happy. Nothing. He's rich. He is the most powerful man 
in the world in a sense. No, he's not, probably not, but he's, Amer- he's the president of America. He's still not happy. He'll never be, he's always be insecure because his father treated him like shit. And that's, I think most billionaires are just insecure idiots who need to feel, uh, they're so insecure, they need to more and more and more money and more power to try and feel secure about themselves. That's what we should be worried about. Not that fact that we have to wear masks. Oh, sorry, I went on a rant there. And, uh, well, okay. Now, here we have a lovely chat with uh, the wonderful, beautiful, talented, witty, funny, and just all-round nice person, Katie Pritchard. And she's not a millionaire or a billionaire. Welcome to the Need to Know Comedy Show, and today I'm talking to Katie Pritchard. How are you, Katie? Hello. Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the lockdown now, just uh, being creative at home and not traveling all over the country. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I um, did get asked about um, a gig the other day, and my first thought was, um, how long's the travel time? Because <laughs> it's going to be a lot longer than just walking to my lounge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's never normally been something I've ever thought about. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I kind of don't mind not traveling so much, so, but I could do with some money, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, uh, Katie, where are you from? I'm from London. Ah, oh, London. Born and raised. Oh, I see, okay. And, uh, you went to school in London. Oh yeah, that's me, North Londoner. North London, and uh, what kind of stuff were you into in school? Oh, bit of a bit of everything. I actually at one point thought I was going to be a forensic scientist. Um, really? So I was really into science and maths. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I loved it. And then my physics teacher was like, "In all seriousness, Katie." Uh, when you leave school, are you going to do forensic science as a hobby? It, if you did music as a job, if you did performance as a job, would you do forensic science as a hobby? And I was like, obviously not. And he was like, if you did forensic science as a job, would you do performance as a hobby? I was like, well, obviously. And he's like, well, why are you trying to do forensic science? <laughs> I think he just didn't want me to be in his class anymore, in all honesty. Um, but... <laughs> It was him that made me think, oh, maybe I could do a, <laughs> be a performer. <laughs> oh, that's quite an interesting way of putting it. <laughs> he made, <laughs> he let you make the decision. Yeah, he talked me out of being in his physics class for A-level. So I think that's what he wanted. <laughs> okay, okay, right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, like, both of my kids did, did physics and quite good at maths but both of them have gone into the arts one one into music and one into art mm. um, maybe physics is the gateway subject it could be yeah. <laughs> all those lovely diagrams I think yeah they're so beautiful yeah Look at the atoms <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah 
Uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a, a, I think with music and maths, I think there's probably a link, you know, because oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's still kind of scales and things like that. A bit like maths. Yeah. yeah. I think one, uh, one girl in my class wrote a whole score based on the maths of music. Oh, so really? she didn't play it on the, she didn't write it by playing it on an instrument. She wrote it by figuring out you know, if it's in a fifth, it's going to sound like this. If it's a fourth, it will sound like that. She she wrote it all wow. like that. Just wrote the whole thing. Yeah, as like a mathematical equation, essentially. That's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm always amazed at you know, like <laughs> at uh, you know, composers who are composing for a whole orchestra and just not just what instrument is playing what note but how they're playing it and I don't know how to speak about music obviously but uh, yeah so they've got a lot going on when they write at school yeah (laughs) so uh, did you do music in school I did yeah I did um, GCSE and I did AS level I was allowed to take my AS level in my second year of A levels if that makes sense as an yeah. extra subject, right. um, but I couldn't get to most classes. But they let they let that slide. Okay. <laughs> and, and and like, were, were you uh, were you, were you into like being a serious musician, um, like a serious songwriter at any? Um, I did well. I did uh, write quite a lot of songs for my whole life. I think I started writing songs maybe properly when I was about eight or nine. Right, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember designing an album cover. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, when I, um, I think when I was about 18, I met, uh, I used to work for a charity and um, I made friends with one guy who was a musician and he wanted some lyrics put onto a song. Yeah. And he, so he sent me the song and I sent him some lyrics back and he just was like, this is the most depressing lyrics I've ever heard. Like he was like, it was supposed to be an uplifting song. He was like, I've just sat here crying. So said, maybe you shouldn't be a songwriter because it's too sad. Oh. So I didn't write songs for ages and I just sung. I just would perform, you know, other people's music. <laughs> and then and then I thought, okay, well, maybe if I'm writing serious songs, it's too sad, but maybe I can write lighthearted, fun ones. <laughs> And um, and it not be too sad, so that's okay. The, that's the aim. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he was very distraught when he phoned me to make sure I was okay. The vibe of the music that you've sent me, um, <laughs> which to me was calling out for quite sad emotional lyrics. <laughs> um, oh my god! But you moved him. I mean, I moved him to tears for a reason. So sad <laughs> that he couldn't even sing the lyrics. He was like, I need to make sure Katie's okay right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and make sure she doesn't make any career choices based on being a lyricist for serious songs. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, there's a fine line between really depressing and hilarious. So, you know. Oh, yeah. And I found that line, I think, with that song. <laughs> Oh, made sure I stayed the other side of it ever oh. since. And um, did you go to uh, did you go to college then after school? 
Um, I just went to uni. Um, I did musical theatre, actually, because uh, I really love dance. I, I wanted to be um, a choreographer, actually. <laughs> when I left school, I wanted to be a choreographer, um, but I'm very small. I'm not really designed to dance ballet. So it was, um, I didn't really feel like uh, a connection with anywhere that I went to audition. I felt like they'd just be annoyed the whole time that I was a bit too small to do what they, well, <laughs> so they would be annoyed. Right. Um, so I so I decided to do musical theatre because I just I love music and um, it was my dance teacher. I mean I'm very lucky I think with basically with all my teachers. And my dance teacher in A level was like, you know you're really good at music. Why don't you do something with music involved? And I was just like, well it's very easy, so there's no point. <laughs> and she was like, no that is the point. <laughs> and so um, so I thought musical theatre at a college it had a music um department as well so I thought I might meet other musicians and um but we were on completely different campuses so that didn't work out um but yeah so I thought I'd do a musical theatre and then I can do music dancing and acting which are my favourites oh so have you done any uh, musicals I have, yeah. Um, I used to, I've been in a couple of shows in the West End and on tours, and oh. I do quite a lot of regional stuff. Oh, fun. really? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I should have done more research. Um, so what musicals have you been in? Um, the, bit, the one I was in for the longest was Dreamboats and Petticoats. It was out ages ago. It's like mm. a rock and roll um, jukebox musical. Um, about some kids in a youth club making a band. It's very oh. cute and very fun. Yeah. Um, I did that for about three and a half years. Oh. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was there for ages. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did some other touring rock and roll shows and I do panto every year if I can. Yeah. That's and... a very different scene than the comedy scene, isn't it? There's a very um, kind of... I guess the cliche is jazz hands and smiley um, compared to the kind of, well, I mean, if you, you know, when you're backstage at the comedy gig, there's, it's not really showbiz. There's a lot of people just sitting around being glum. Yeah. I think. Talking um, into the corner. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, I've done a, a musical myself and, and, uh, Actors who do musicals are very up, aren't they? Very kind of. Well, I think I think it does depend. Um, my because I play a lot of instruments, so a lot of my musical theatre work has been actor muso. So we play the instruments as part of our characters on stage. So we're the, okay. essentially the band and orchestra as well as the cast of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that is also a completely different discipline. Um as well so uh, I think we tend to be a, maybe a bit more serious because you've got to do a lot like in Dreamboats there was 48 songs in yeah. the show so everyone would be playing 48 songs worth of music without any score oh. and dancing and acting right and so it's a, it's a lot but I think the whole I guess cliche of people being quite buzzed is because um you know, it's a bit, you've got to get your energy up. You, you can't 
the audience isn't going to get you have to start the show with the energy that you want the audience to have yeah um, so that is part of the warm-up process definitely like mm-hmm. you, you have to warm yourself up so that you're ready so that when you get out there you're like <laughs> so that the crowd yeah. is like on your side straight away i guess yeah um whereas maybe perhaps the vibe of some plays that don't have music where they're introducing your character you know you don't have to have that initial impact of getting because there's always an opening number in a musical right? and yes that, that is yeah, to get the audience on side get the energy yes. out there it's like mc the opening Absolutely. song Absolutely, yeah the mc at a, at a comedy show yeah like, it was like come on let's go and then they go into the story so every if you think of it that way everyone has to jointly <laughs> crowd work the room in the opening yeah 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 that's a good way of putting it yeah so you're not going to put on you're not going to put on a deadpan comedian as an mc or you know yeah even if you do they would still be doing stuff to get the energy up in the room in their own way right yeah i guess the cliches about people being like it's literally that is for the audience to get the audience on side we have to be more pumped yeah we can get them in. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's great. And this unbelievable talent, the people who do musicals. I, I ended up in a musical. I don't know how I ended up because, you know, like it's just I, I was way uh, out of my comfort zone. And in rehearsals, I'm just I was just amazed at how they can just work out harmonies just like that. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of disciplines involved, I think in, mm-hmm. uh, in musical theater is you're juggling a lot of plates all at once. So it gets yeah. a from a lot of other styles of acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, you know, it teaches you a lot because you have to be so aware of everything. Mm-hmm. Like if you think of it in like, for example, in The Lion King, you're mm. singing a song, you're dancing, you've also got puppets going around, the stage is moving, mm. <laughs> everything's going on all at once. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was brilliant, it's brilliant. It was, it was the most nerve-wracking experience in ages for me, but it was mm. amazing to have done it. A buzz, uh, right? Oh, incredible, incredible, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, so how did you end up getting into, uh, to comedy? Um, there's a series of things. I've always, I'd always wanted to do comedy. Um, but I'd always thought that I, I think probably based on the comedy that I was seeing on TV, I just thought I would have to be a lot uh, older, um, more, have more life experience, I think. Mm. But, um, because I look very young, I was only getting, there wasn't that many roles, I think, for some... I'm um, quite short as well. So yeah. um, in musical theatre, I was doing a lot of being a swing. So covering, you know, covering the whole ensemble um, and doing a lot of understudy work and then in panto playing the silly characters. Um, and I just... I got to a point where I'd kind of done all of the jobs that were available to to me at that time. Yeah. Um and uh and i just start i just had met a few people that had taken me to the comedy store and gone you're funnier than that person um and 
just people had just gone you know you should just try it and then just uh see how it see how it goes yeah so i was just very lucky just surrounded by people that thought that you know i could do it yeah. um and uh and then i started doing an online character at work backstage um at, at one of the shows i was on and um my cast members at the show just one of them used to run a cabaret and she was like well you've got to go and do this character here um, and that's literally how it happened so I did my I don't actually remember my first gig um because I was so much adrenaline I just kind of blacked out while I was on stage so I, obviously I kept going but uh, someone filmed it and that's the only recollection I have of that gig <laughs> Really? Just... Yeah, and then about two hours later I got I came back into the room. My friend was like, Oh, you're back with us, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, I was just like so buzzed from it, so I was like, obviously I'm doing this again. Um yeah. this is far more exciting than going on for a character. I have no idea where they go on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, so just very lucky to to meet the right people at the right time, I think, to make me think I could give it a go yeah right yeah and and uh, you said it was a cabaret as well so is there a different scene that you can do rather than just purely the comedy clubs you can there's a cabaret maybe burlesque scene as well or something I don't know yeah I think um I think I'm quite lucky I probably having the theatrical background you know I've got a lot of costumes in my Mm. set I do a lot of uh, all of my stuff is pretty much to music and it's Mm. all very silly so I think I, I often get put on cabaret nights um, and mixed bill nights mm. um, as well as comedy nights and stand-up nights and stuff. Um, and I think I can get away with that because it's got the theatrical element um, so it can go across yeah. a few different things. Um, and if I, I just know, like, if I'm doing a night that's perhaps more geared towards musical theatre acts, then I'll do... Um, my parodies of musical theatre songs, for example, in those situations, you know, you just tailor it to to where you are. And do because you, the know, most you know that that audience will be on board with that; they'll get it. I guess. Yeah. 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 So it's good fun. Yeah, cool. I, I mean, that's quite an exciting, maybe a more exciting scene at the moment, perhaps cabaret and maybe maybe even burlesque. Mm. Yeah, at Phoenix Arts Club is one of my favourite venues and they always, their bills are always made up of cabaret, burlesque, drag and comedy. So if you go on any of their cabaret, any of their a night in Soho nights, they'll, yeah. have, they'll always have a bill that has acts in those categories. Right, yeah. It's so exciting to watch because visually... It's amazing. And you've got all this different type of entertainment. So it's just, yeah, the audience is always like, oh, I'd, I've seen so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's good fun there. That sounds amazing. You know, I, I, I'm far more into that myself, I think. Yeah. But so have you traveled around uh, the UK then much? Have you traveled outside of London and gigs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, Probably for the last year and a half until lockdown, I was probably mostly gigging out of London, actually. Oh. Uh, yeah, just they've got, there's a lot of really nice clubs out of London. 
that's not to say the clubs in London aren't nice. They're all so nice. <laughs> um, but obviously being from London, I, I'd done a lot of London clubs and um, I was just enjoying meeting new people further afield and understanding how um, audiences in different places, you know, what their vibes are and what they enjoy. I mm. think, yeah, it, I really enjoy travelling around everywhere. So hopefully yeah. let's do it again. I know, yeah. I hope we don't know when, but yeah. I think we maybe you could probably come up with an act that, that involves lots of yes, yeah. or something or it's pure uh, plastic. Plastic, yeah. Hi, I'm plastic man. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe that's my new show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you won an award as well for musical comedy, a musical comedy award. Yeah, I. D- <laughs> Sorry, a musical <laughs> comedy award. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, last year. Um, yeah, God, I love the musical comedy awards. They're wicked. Mm. Um, so if you like musical comedy, check them out. I think they've moved what was this year's final to April next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I had a lovely year last year. I won that and I won the Two North Down um, competition as well. And I yeah. got to be in the final of the sketch-off competition at Leicester Square Theatre. It was literally, oh. there was a, like five weeks where I was living my best life last year. Wow. All these fun wow. venues. It's lovely. What sketch, sketch-off? Yeah, it's run by the Leicester Square Theatre. Um, and it's uh, designed for sketch anything that falls under sketch category so um character comedy sketch comedy wow they do the final they did the final last year on the main stage at leicester square theater Mm -hmm. so it was like a theater i've always wanted to obviously play because go and see your favorite comedians there um so halfway through my set the uh david hardcastle who runs it we were laughing because i think he noticed that halfway through my set I'd realised that I was on the stage that I've always wanted to play and my face just went oh, and then I carried on with my set um, so yeah I had an absolutely lovely time there um, very lucky yeah that's brilliant and so so do you think that like there's more um, with this lockdown there's going to be a lot more uh, online comedy, sketch comedy musical comedy, you're just going to have to for the time being yeah, I think I think those kind of comedies where perhaps interaction with the audience isn't a necessary part of it, mm-hmm. that is obviously a lot easier for it to be working online. Um, so I've I've really enjoyed doing online gigs on Zoom, for example, and stuff. Um, but I am aware that my act, you know, it's to music. I can sing a song, and it doesn't feel odd for the audience not to join in like that's okay uh whereas perhaps some of my friends who do more one-liners um and you know especially a lot of crowd work people i can't can't imagine how how um how how difficult that must be to transfer onto online but i loads of my friends have done it incredibly well um, I'm yeah. just like oh, I've not had to change anything <laughs> so I'm, I've been okay but uh, yeah watching all my friends you know adapt to the new uh, the new 
styles um that work for them online has been incredible um yeah and it's been lovely to see everyone just uh supporting each other i think trying to everyone's trying to learn new skills <laughs> all yeah. at the same time <laughs> well you're like kind of not on a stage anymore you're on an equal footing with the audience so it's more mm. like you're chatting to them or obviously if you're doing a song that's different but it certainly changes everything yeah yeah and it makes you realize how much how, how what a big part an audience play in a performance like you forget yeah yeah i think like the first gig back i'm just going to be so i'm already high energy but i'm going to be so excited I'm going to be like a little puppy, uh, uncontrollable. Um, you're like people. Um, so that would be really lovely. Yeah. And I'm sure people would be so happy to get out and watch live entertainment. Yeah. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, listen, thanks for having a chat. So this is Need to Know Comedy Show. I always ask you to every interviewee to name an act that you you think people probably haven't heard of but uh, that you reckon is amazing so have you got an act katie yeah um i i think charlie george um she's really she's fairly new in comedy land um okay. but she's done a lot of other performance styles as well and she just got shortlisted for um the script angel uh competition and i i think she's already a fantastic writer for comedy so i think i can't wait to see what that um what that uh, will bring yeah <laughs> reading the breakdown of what her script submission was about it sounds amazing so i i really hope that that at least the script gets finished and we get to read it and hopefully it will get put on somewhere or something else so I, yeah i'd recommend her she's very she's very new um but everyone that I've ever that I've gigged with, where we've been on the same bill, where she's recommended me, they've always said how amazing she is. So she's very well loved um, as a performer as well. So yeah, get following her. She's really cool as well. Plays the drums. What? What yeah. more? Do you- <laughs> Brilliant. I'll look her up then. That's Charlie George. Charlie George, yeah. a brand new act. Not the you probably wouldn't have heard of Charlie George played for Arsenal back in the seventies as well, but I'm sure it's not the same person. I I don't think it's the same person, but <laughs> I don't know who this Charlie George. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, have a look at him and just see if there's any resemblance. Um, okay, okay. Well, listen, Katie, it's been amazing chatting to you, and thanks for coming on the show because I know you. I reached out to you, and you hadn't hadn't a clue who I who I am or. And uh, just so thanks for getting back to me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me, man. Uh, all right. Okay. Bye, Katie. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Out there. She's amazing. Check her out. Check out her stuff online. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, so I've got some brilliant guests coming up in the next few weeks. There's Trevor Locke, 
who has a completely new way of doing comedy uh, in his show in Edinburgh, which involves people, the, the audience and him all sitting in a circle. Uh, there's also the wonderful Charlie George, a brilliant uh, comedian from Swindon and she is amazing I had a great chat one of those people that I could have chatted for hours with um, she's coming up um, and uh, many more also you can check out all of these um, podcasts uh, of late the, the one with Katie Pritchard as well you can check it out visually on the Need to Know Comedy Show online just just Google that. Just look that up on on, on uh, YouTube. The Need to Know Comedy Show, and you can watch me talking to Katie Pritchard and many more, including Trevor Locke and uh, Charlie George that are coming up, uh, and Stephen Frost that I've already talked to as well. Um, yeah, so check that out. And uh, also, of course, uh, if you're driving or cooking or whatever, just listen to the audio podcast on Podaruna. All right, see you next time. Tata! Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today.